0: Even task, Taylor,
1: I've only ever known the sunlight. We're gonna stop now. But now I want walk... darkness. It's a song I just made up.
0: nothing we're your hosts i'm amelia
2: i'm melanie and i am
1: taylor
0: welcome back uh we're surprised we got this far episode two really exciting um it's been approximately three months since we filmed or i guess recorded the first episode but you don't need to know that so mel and taylor how are you doing
2: I- i'm doing pretty good i feel like it's quality over quantity though like so You know, we just only got better in the last three months.
1: Yeah, we've been been honing our
2: skills.
0: (laughs) 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 So we decided that we are going to kick off each episode, or I decided, and Mel and Taylor just found out very last minute, that we're going to talk about our favorite recent marketing trends. So I will start. My favorite recent marketing trend, Um, it is the month of February currently. Uh, So my favorite trend would definitely be all of the Black History Month different postings that we've been seeing. A lot of businesses have been posting, like, other Black businesses you can support. LinkedIn recently changed their logo. I just really like how, like, this is the first year, at least that I've noticed, a lot of really big companies and, like, organizations take a really, like, clear stance on all of it. Uh, So that's made me happy to see. And I like seeing everyone taking part in it. That's my favorite.
2: I agree. And I I think that it's really great to see um, businesses not only on the surface, saying that they support, but they're also sharing lists and links to Black-owned businesses where you can actually purchase products from or use their services. And so it's shouting out at a local level, too, and not just, like, I'm jumping on this trend, which is great.
1: I was going to say, I love that, because it's not just, like, hey, here's some, like, history about being black in America, mm-hmm. but here is also a way to like help support social change,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and help change like institutionalized racism in how it has affected like the financial ability of people of color.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm super into the bachelor as, uh, everyone at KSA knows, and there was kind of a big thing that happened recently where, uh the host of The Bachelor, Chris Harrison, did an interview with Rachel Lindsay, who was the first black bachelorette, who now works for E! News. And she, there was a contestant who, like, had been, um she had been liking, like, pictures of the Confederate flags and had been accused of, like, bullying other people when she was in high school for dating black men. And she went to an antebellum, Old South Party, and all this stuff. And Chris Harrison, like, came out and made a pretty cringy statement and response. It just didn't look good for him. And Rachel made a really good point how like all these people are always saying like, oh, I'm going to be better or I'm going to do better. But she's like, you can't just say you're going to do better or be better anymore. Like your actions have to follow up. So I think seeing all these organizations like actually take action is really like hopeful, I think in a way like it just seems promising.
1: And you know, we as consumers have uh, a lot of power when we like band together. So um, I think like the individual actions that we take, you know, may not be a whole lot on our own. Like me buying something from a black owned business is not going to, you know, change the course of history. But if we mm-hmm. all do it, it'll, it'll definitely have an effect.
0: Yeah. So that was mine. Mel, what's yours?
2: I don't have any marketing trends that I am super into right now. One that I'm not into is Instagram's ability to make me want to buy everything um, from every ad I see, which is not great. And then TikTok is now getting on that train, too, where every other TikTok I now see is about these butt leggings that are supposed to accentuate your butt. And, like, every girl on TikTok now has it.
1: I got to get me a pair. Um,
2: I don't know how true it is, but I I feel like that's the only way to – get your product out there now is to have 50 million Instagram and TikTok influencers sharing. And then it makes everyone want to buy it. That's so So. interesting. I had never heard of that. But I
0: do feel like especially now that we were saying this, like that Instagram has like the shop feature now, it's just been like, so heightened, like the whole (laughs) buying things online on Instagram, because it's so easy now, like they literally have a whole marketplace just for shopping.
1: Yeah, I would say that if I know what I want, I go to Amazon. If I I'm just like, oh, I kind of want to window shop. I just go on my Instagram feed and I just look for the ads, which is crazy. It does to think,
2: literally bro. look well, like you don't even, window you shopping. Don't, you don't even have to look for them, though. Like, you don't have to look yeah. for the ads. Literally, every two posts of people you follow is an ad. That's so true. And it it follows you. And since I'm already scrolling Instagram several hours a day, it's very tricky and I also want to buy everything so it's working Mm -hmm. so I guess I do like the trend um but I don't like how it affects my wallet
0: yeah I was gonna say like I'm looking at my Instagram shop right now and it's like the podcasts I listen to like their merch is on here like Tom Brady jerseys are on here like all the things that really like speak to me are in my Instagram Uh, is it called Instagram marketplace like what is it called shop I think I have no
2: idea I think it's still the Marketplace. I'm not sure. Um, well, because I know it's I'm Facebook age...
0: Marketplace.
2: Right. I don't know. I'm going to age myself, though, and tell you that all of the ads coming to me are either for furniture places, laundry detergent, <laughs> um, or weighted blankets. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> I have a weighted blanket, and it's a dream. I love mine. But we shouldn't dive too much, to- too much into this topic because we talk about it later on. So... I'm going to cut us off there before we give away too much. All right, Taylor, I know we're all dying to hear what your favorite marketing trend is.
1: So, my marketing trend is not quite a trend yet, but That's it's a like a horrible coming sign this year. for what
0: this is going to be. <laughs> it's not a trend yet, but like, I've listened, just stay with me here. I promise
1: it will be. Well, I, I signed, I didn't, I don't think I've talked about this with you guys, but I signed our agency up for um, Hulu Ads Manager. Oh, I did um, that. And they're making their platform accessible a lot more accessible for businesses and for advertising agencies, more like advertising agencies, honestly, to be able to run their own ads on Hulu the way you can with Facebook or or Google or Spotify. So it can be managed, you know, you don't have to do it like a, um, like a TVC placement, which is really, really cool. It is in the beta testing stages and, uh, you can sign up. If you just Google Hulu ads manager, you can sign up to be on their beta testing list and they'll let you know when uh, when you get accepted into it. But we're we're kind of waiting to be accepted into that. So I'm very excited for once we get access to that and can uh, run some campaigns for some clients.
0: That's really cool. That's a good one. I think we talked a little bit about this in some previous stuff, but we had like tried doing the Spotify stuff. So that's cool to think that like Hulu's doing that now too.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, okay. and Spotify is a new, is kind of new. Also, it's new to us. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it was it was cool. Actually, I like it. They kind of like updated it recently and made it a little bit more user friendly, which is good.
2: Cool. I'm well, wondering if the price point will go down too, though, cause, uh, I'm assuming the prices were more towards like a TV buy. So I'm wondering if the buys are going to stay the same prices. You're able to place and upload your own ads to the platform.
1: Probably. I wonder if there's going to be a lot more, I I imagine it will be a lot more variety and a lot more ability to target specific localities, um, which will be great.
0: Very cool. Okay. I think that wraps up our marketing trends for today. So now we're ready to get into our topic for today. So today we are going to be talking about the monster that is social media. We all work with social media here at KSA in one way or another, so we thought that this would be a really good first topic because it also is, a not to say a bit of a burden, but it's not always our favorite friend here in the marketing world. So to just give you a quick little background on how KSA does social media management, I am, do a lot of the posting and writing of the content here at KSA, but the way we usually go about it is Mel and I sit down with two of our other staff members, and we brainstorm a week in advance because all of our social posts get proofed. So we come up with stuff a little bit in advance that's going to be upcoming and relevant for the following week, and we just plan out a whole week. We use Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, and it's we're trying to get a little bit better. We would love to have a content calendar, but this is how we're doing it for now. I know, Mel, you've been doing social here for a lot longer than I have.
2: Yes, I have. Um, and so we've definitely come a long way. It's it's hard from a small business standpoint when you don't have a full social team to be planning content so far in advance. But we definitely have a better system down. Before, we were just using Hootsuite, and you could only have, with the free account, and you could only have, like, three platforms. So for each client, we would have to set up a Hootsuite, and they could only have, like, three platforms. And then sometimes you would have to do it manually. So it's definitely better what we're doing now. You can schedule in advance and you don't have to worry about posting on the day of. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Taylor. Sorry. Sorry. What
1: I really love is uh, the way you guys like have created a strategy for the different audiences you talk to based on the, the platform. What do you do for that? Tell me a little about that.
0: So, we, me, and Mel actually one day sat down with Katie, who is our founder. We're gonna say that every single time that she's our founder, as if we haven't introduced her fifteen times already. But we sit down with Katie, and our we went, our founder. <laughs> that just follows Katie's
2: name from now on. Katie, our founder. Um, but it sounds like a founding father. We just, she, but she's our founding mother. Can we just call her is. that. Our founding
1: mother. I love that. That is our the best title.
0: Mother. Anyway, I digress. We sat down with her. And we really thought through who is on which platforms, who we're really trying to get to on each platform and broke it down, like segmented it out. If you ever look at the R3 posting, like R3 channels, our LinkedIn's a lot more like professional. It gets a lot more sharing insights. Katie is a contributor to the Forbes Agency Council. So we share a lot of the stuff she shares on there. We do a lot of mini blogs now, which is something we started to do more recently, where we just kind of talk about something that's going on. We just recently are doing one on how we're readjusting to going back to the office, how it was such an adjustment to leave the office. But now going back is like a whole nother adjustment in itself. Instagram, we've kind of identified that it's a lot of like our family and friends that are on Instagram. And we're really trying to build out our Instagram so that we can reach a wider audience. Because when we post a lot of cultural stuff on Instagram in terms of like us showing off who we are, what we do, like who our people are. That does really well, of course, with, like, family and friends, but that's kind of maxed out. We've kind of reached the top of that audience, so now we're really trying to focus on posting more value-based content that, like, other people can really find to be valuable, I guess is the best word for it. Uh, like, we will post, like, different tips and tricks, like our favorite secret Canva hacks or, like, things we learned from doing Zooms all the time or how- getting to know the Adobe Creative Suite and what each different platform is, so we've been trying to really focus on that. And then Facebook's still a little bit more fun.
1: So Instagram, we've kind of switched to more of a marketer-based audience.
2: I I think that, um, but I also think that we are trying to keep some of our culture. Like we had talked about doing a segment about what it's really like to work at KSA and kind of doing like a day in the life segment, because I really think that that's important for people to know who we are, also what we do, and I think that will attract more either potential employees or just why people want to work with us it's Mm -hmm. it's our personal touch taylor didn't you mention that someone was looking at our instagram the other day
1: yeah yeah I i was speaking with somebody who was looking at our instagram and they mentioned that it looked like a really fun place to work and i was i was like whoa that's that's perfect because that's absolutely the type of messaging that we're trying to get out there with our instagram so yeah Exactly. That's awesome to hear. And our LinkedIn is, yeah. And our LinkedIn is more like the professional connections where it's like, you know, trying to show our knowledge and like connect with other businesses. But the Instagram is more like, this is who we are as people,
2: Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um, which I really like about the way you segmented that out.
2: So Mm -hmm. cool. Cool job. I feel
0: like our Facebook's kind of an afterthought, to be completely honest. Like, it's like, oh, if this works on Instagram, like we can probably put it on Facebook too. I feel like Facebook isn't as popular of a space as it used to be personally.
2: Facebook is more of a a general public, I feel like, platform Mm -hmm. because there's all ages on it, right? Like there's younger people, there's older people, there's everyone in between, businesses. So it's hard to choose a specific content because I feel like it's a place for all of our audiences. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: So that's why it becomes a mashup of both kind of what we put on the Instagram and what we put on LinkedIn. Um, just to try to get hit everybody. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good example of when you have too wide a net cast, right? Mm -hmm. The Facebook audience is so, like, wide. It's like, how do you create a message for something that wide? You have to be just as broad with your messaging, and then it becomes, you know, kind of lost in the noise, I feel like, Um, which is why I think we do a really good job on Instagram and LinkedIn, Carving out our own little space with our unique voice—that's why I think we thrive on those platforms a lot more. We put a lot mm-hmm. more energy into those, um, and I think yeah. that's a really good lesson to potential, you know, businesses uh, out there is that you know focus your energies on the places where you feel like your voice comes through the strongest and where you can connect with your most focused audience.
0: Yeah. We always say, okay, i say like, you pick one platform and you do it well. Don't we like, that's an advice that we've given. I, when I spoke on like a panel, that was my big piece of advice. If we're not, if we're not like doing as well on Facebook and we just don't, you, we don't find the platform as friendly. Like we don't like to use it as much. Why try to beat a dead horse almost and like try to invest so much energy into this platform that we're not even that dedicated to. I personally feel like we do LinkedIn and Instagram really well. So it makes sense for us to be putting our energy into those two
2: platforms. I also feel like it works for our audience. Exactly. Yeah. Too. Mm-hmm. Facebook has just become kind of that mishmash mm-hmm. and it's hard to find your own niche there because it is so, I don't know if concentrated is, so, is the right word, but just clogged up with a bunch of random stuff. Yeah. Oversaturated. It's hard to find your voice. That's the word. Oversaturated.
0: Yeah. yeah. And then Taylor's actually was doing a really cool thing that really helped us in terms of planning content. We started doing a content uh, collector in our staff meetings. If you want to talk a little bit about that, Taylor. Ha ha ha. Yes.
1: Um, So, you know, one of the things that we struggle with internally is blog writing. And we enjoy writing blogs. But the problem is, is that we don't always have time to do it because, you know, we're doing other things like creating marketing plans for our customers or like doing audience research or writing blogs for our clients. So we don't always have time to focus on it ourselves or to constantly be coming up with content. But we know that a lot of other people on our staff have really great ideas. The problem is they are also busy and don't have time mm-hmm. to to get their ideas you know, out into a full blog. What I decided to do was come up with this content collector, which is basically... You ask, you know, a question or two to uh, your staff meeting and you get them to, you know, give you some quick insights that you can then turn into a blog post. So if you're like, you know, it's really hard to stay organized throughout the day. What's like a tip that you have on how you stay organized and productive throughout the day while working from home? Everybody gives one tip. If there's 10 people in the staff meeting, well, now you got an article, you got 10 tips for staying organized at home. You didn't have to do a whole lot of hard, hard thinking on that. It's a great way to get everyone in your organization involved, to get everyone's bid to it, um, to get representation from everyone so that clients can say, oh, hey, look, there's you know, Matt. I work with him. They may not work with Amelia, but Amelia's clients may be like, oh, that's how Amelia stays organized. Um, so it's a great way to get everybody involved and hold the attention of all of your audience who is working with uh you know these various people in your organization
0: yeah it was really cool it really helped us because now like we have this space that we can go back to and look at and be like okay we thought of x y and z and we're kind of stuck on content or we have ryan in the philippines now who works for us and does a lot of work for us in the philippines so we can just be like we came up with these ideas turn them into a blog he's a great writer so that's been really great for us in terms of content generation But I do have to say, I do have an axe to grind with social media. Social media is a monster. My axe to grind with social media is definitely just Buffer. And Mel kind of alluded to this earlier, but Buffer is the platform we use now instead of Hootsuite to post. Uh, As she mentioned, we kind of switched over to Buffer because we could just hold a lot more client accounts on it. We didn't have to create a separate Hootsuite account for every single client we had anymore. We could just put them all into our own Buffer. However, as much as I do love that, I don't love a couple things, and I wrote them down. My first axe to grind with them is that you can't tag people from inside Buffer. That's something that really bothers me because we've talked about this a lot. Tagging people is one of the greatest ways to increase engagement and get your posts out to other audiences. And if I'm scheduling something ahead of time and I can't tag them, then I have to remember to go in and tag them when it does get posted. So it's almost like, what's the point of playing it ahead of time if I have to go in and tag someone anyway?
2: Yeah, also, you can tag them in the copy, but it only works half the time. Yeah. And, like, you can, like, try to tag someone on Facebook or LinkedIn, and you just have to hope for the best that it actually tags. Or sometimes you try to app them, and their name won't come up um, when you're scheduling. So it's really obnoxious.
0: And then, like, I just feel like I'm spending so much more time going back in and tagging people. And then you can't really do locations in the same way either. And I'm just, like, I feel like it's a waste of time, but. You also now that we're doing so many more value-based content like we do a lot of swipes now like we have these really cool graphics that we use and we will kind of be like here are seven tips and then you can swipe through the seven tips you can't post more than first of all you can't it won't automatically schedule more than one photo at a time so like if you have two photos it'll just send you a reminder at that time and you can go in and post it that way which kind of beats the purpose because i can just set a reminder on my computer but if it's more than four photos, I've learned since we've started doing the swipes, you just can't schedule it at all. It doesn't let you put all four photos in. And I'm just like, sometimes we have like seven or eight swipes and I'm just like,
1: mm-hmm. You can stuck. have up to 10.
0: Yes, You can on have the up app, to 10 but, photos. Um, so Yeah. So then I'm like, well, what do I do now?
1: Mm-hmm. I hope that... Someone okay. from Buffer is is listening. If you are, please email Amelia at Amelia at TeamKSA.com. <laughs> she has a few tips on how you may be able to improve your platform. <laughs> what else you got, you it, Amelia? About...
2: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the whole purpose is that like you schedule it and you can forget it and, and you don't have to worry about if we have like a Sunday night post going on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. that I don't mm-hmm. have to check it to make sure everyone's nope. tagged correctly where the hashtags actually appear i just otherwise i should be just scheduling it myself and just like logging into the platform
0: another thing that bothers me about buffer i think this is probably my last big thing but like so it's really cool in the sense that like you can go into like to schedule a post and you can schedule it to send to multiple platforms so like i can like i mean we don't do this as much just because we are kind of different in what we send to each one but like For some of our smaller clients, like it's really great because if I put something in Instagram, I can just be like, oh, share this to Facebook too. But if you do that and then you decide you don't want to post it, you can't just delete it from all of them all at once. You have to go through and individually delete it off of each platform. And we've run into that issue where like we've decided not to post something and then I've only deleted, this is my own fault, but like I've only remembered to delete it from the platform that I originally created it in and then it'll post to like, if I originally created it in Instagram, it'll still post to Facebook and then I'm like, oh shoot. And then
1: Oh shoot. Oh shoot. Oh shoot.
0: That's a big mood. But (laughs) that's my axe to grind with buffer. It's great, like don't get me wrong, like we're really lucky to have it and be able to use it because it does have so many great features. But I just at the same time I'm like, sometimes Is it worth it though? buffer is totally worth it though we are really lucky to be able to post to multiple platforms and use it it is it has so many great scheduling features it allows us to plan really well in ahead and manage so many at the same time there's not going to be a perfect platform no matter what we do like there's always going to be pros and cons to each of them which we do have a post I think it's a blog too on the pros and cons of the different platforms so check that out <laughs> shameless plug but yeah I think it's definitely a great tool and it definitely helps social media management even just creating a content calendar ahead of time and really planning things ahead really really helped manage your social media we do it now where we just sit down for an hour at the beginning of each week and we just figure it all out and i think that's way better than if we were to like sit down every day and be like hey what are we posting today
1: Mm -hmm. and it helps to have specific content types that you want to post about that are like these are the categories of the content that we're going to post about And then so it's like, I already posted something about category A, I already posted something about category B, I haven't posted about anything about category C yet. So Mm -hmm. when I do one of those posts, helps you vary your content, it helps you stay fresh, and it helps you not be repetitive. Definitely.
2: Yeah. And and how does that help you, Amelia? So that's how we do it for KSA. But I know we do some of this for clients as well. Do we do you do the same things for them?
0: Yeah, creating um, that calendar? Yeah, I definitely, um, we post on LinkedIn for one of our clients, we do a lot of LinkedIn posting for and creating that content calendar was such a help to me, like just like sitting down and being able to go through and be like, okay, well, I'm going to post about this topic on Tuesday, I won't post about something similar until like, Monday, or like, Monday of two weeks later, I think it's just such a great tool to be able to also visually see it on a content calendar standpoint to see like, okay, I have a post x day and y day then I don't have a post for a while so I can like fill in blanks, do things that way. I think it's just a great, great way to do a good job of social media management. What's interesting about also what we do with social media management is it's not just posting. It's also we do a lot of advertising for a lot of our clients on different social media platforms, particularly Facebook. We have all done it to some extent. This one is really Taylor's wheelhouse. He always helps us with all of our stuff, especially me. What have been like your guys' like either like struggles or like things that you guys have learned through doing advertising on Facebook?
2: Setting up the accounts is the biggest headache because you can, there's definitely strategies for how to set up the ads and everything like that, but it's coordinating and, and getting everything set up so that it's set up the right way. For instance, we have our Facebook business account and then we ask for access rather than hosting our all of our clients ad pages on our own. But once that's set up properly, I feel like everything else is easy. But Taylor, I'm going to let you talk a little bit about our David Bradley strategy for <laughs> organizing copy.
1: Yeah, so we have a strategy at KSA for, for running ad campaigns, in which we usually have one campaign. And un- un- under that one campaign, we'll have, you know, three to four ad sets running with uh, targeting various audiences and within those ad sets will be like specific copy, like one set of specific cop specific copy tested against four different images. And so the setup you end up having, let's see, four ad sets and then like four ads within each set, you know, you have a crazy amount of ads anywhere from like, you know, 16 to like, 75 running, depending on how many ad sets you've got going. But the idea is that you can understand with that setup, you can look at it and you can say, okay, this picture works across all ad sets, which means that it works across all copies. So this picture itself is successful. And then you can look at the in, the ad sets and say, okay, this one targeting this audience, this audience is responding really well to this particular messaging. Let's see if we can test the messaging against another audience that isn't doing so well. And then maybe it's the messaging that's successful. And so in that sense, you get to test each individual part of an ad and figure out the best combination of pieces. Um, so, the, so the beginning ends up being the experiment. And then once you get that experimental data, which you set up the experiment based on observational data, which is research. So you research everything to figure out the audiences, the copy and the images. Then you test with experimental data, and then once you get that experimental data, you can just crank it up, and you know watch the uh, click through rate increase and uh, the conversions roll in.
2: One thing that I think is great about that system is that a lot of people think when they think Facebook advertising that you can just have one piece of created, one piece of copy, put twenty dollars behind it, and you just run an ad. And um, really, if you want to do it correctly and you really want to increase your web traffic or whatever your goal is, you really have to do that testing process. You can't mm-hmm. just boost a post or put one thing out there and hope for the best. Yeah. And that strategy yeah. has really helped us keep everything organized and make sure that we have multiple messages with multiple different viewpoints for the and, right audience. And
1: boosting, that's a really good point, Mel. Boosting a post is kind of, useless. Uh we don't really recommend it here at KSA because it doesn't really do a whole lot. And the other thing I want to mention too is that just because you've run an experiment and you've found the successful pieces and you run those successful pieces, it doesn't mean that that lasts forever. There is like a terminal there is a terminal point at which you will not be, you know, you've saturated the audience or the messaging stops working for whatever reason, or the creative isn't engaging enough. And so then you have to go back and find new audiences and test new messaging. So it's a constant cycle of experiment, then like push on those, those successful pieces, and then experiment again to find the new set of successful pieces. And so it's constantly like that revolving cycle.
0: Mm. So big shocker, I have access to grind with this one too um here's my act i have more than one again oh good first of all i feel like the interface always looks different for all of us
1: yeah what is up with that
2: and it's always changing too i feel like there's a new version every single week and so if you haven't updated uh we're all going to have a different Interface. Yeah, it's
1: like it only updates for some people, and so it's like Amelia's like, "Hey Taylor, can you show me how to like do this thing?" And I'm like, "Yeah," and then I'll screen share, and she'll be like, "I have none of those buttons." <laughs> <laughs> that
0: happens to me all the time. I was having an issue, and I'll get into the story in a minute. But like, I was having an issue, and I was talking to David about it, and he was like, "Oh, we'll hit the chat button." And I was like, "I literally don't have a chat button." It's I sent screenshots. I was like, "It's not there." I was like, "I don't have this feature." And he was like, "Oh, I well, guess other- I'll just have to do it." <laughs>
1: Part of the reason for that, too, is depending on the value that Facebook assesses your account at depends mm-hmm. on how you can contact them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So if you are a high-value client, then you have a chat button. And if you're not a high-value client, then you don't have a chat button.
0: Facebook just and doesn't like, value me. <laughs> they just yeah. don't think I'm going to They just don't want to deal with me. <laughs> um, another act, and that just reminded me of something totally unrelated. The spending limits, do you remember how when we started, or the billing limit, it was the billing limit when we started the billing oh, limit, or, limit, I won't name the client, but when you create an ad account, it, like to ensure that you're actually going to use the ad account, it charges you at like a really small increment to make sure that it actually bills you and you don't just set $500 and spend 450 and never actually get charged. So we had a $2 billing limit. So every $2, I got an email that said we got a bill and I was spending $10 a day on like 10 different ad sets. I was like, oh my God. Here's my favorite Instagram. That was the original one I was trying to talk about. Speaking of chats, so this just happened to me the other day. I have been doing ads for a hotel and they're doing a special feature or I guess promotion where if you book two nights at the hotel, you get an $100 gift card to a local restaurant. So we were doing all this ad copy for that. And Facebook, the way that unfortunately they are a subsidiary of a larger hotel group, So when you go to book, there's nothing about the actual promotion on their page because we can't make any changes to, like, the hotel group's booking platform. So the place that we're directing them to has nothing about the offer there. So Facebook recognized it as a scam and disabled our ad account because they thought we were trying to scam people. Oh, God. (laughs) So that's when I had the issue with the chat feature. I was like, David, like, am I doing something wrong? And he was like, no, just tell them that. So then I had to do, like, a thing and, like, get it reviewed. So then I got it back, but then I was still, I was making a change to the copy because the client wanted us to make a change to the copy. And I was, con- and we have a lot of ad sets for them. So I was continued going through and every 10 minutes, the account was getting disabled and then 10 minutes later it would get, I would get access reinstated. So I was like in this crazy cycle of like 10, I would work on it for 10 minutes, get disabled, have to stop, wait 10 minutes. It would get reinstated. Then I would continue. And it was this never ending cycle the other day. It was driving me crazy. That is I think my biggest... she
2: everyone is scamming them, I think.
0: I'm just, like... I, like, I promise. And I'm, like, don't you, like, also see that, like, you disabled and reinstated the same account three times in the last half an hour? Maybe stop? Yeah. Right, Sorry. That's,
1: that's just my... that's probably just...
2: Uh, yeah, and you can never talk to an actual human. Like, I know you, you no. mentioned, like, that David had a chat button, which I also have never actually seen. But you can, like, maybe you can chat with someone, right, using digitally on your computer yep. but there is no phone number and you can never actually talk mm-hmm. to a human being no. um, which I think would solve so many problems if I could just get some an actual person on the phone for five minutes it would solve endless amounts of problems but instead elite people get a chat button and the rest of us are just like oh cool my like <laughs> thing was disabled and I can't do anything about it
0: um, and then we hope for the best
2: yeah. Then we annoy the elite and, people and until... And then it circles back to our favorite <laughs> meme. It. Yeah. And, it, and then it circles back to our favorite meme, which is um, the dog in the flame. Oh, yes. Saying this is fine. Yep. That's how I feel about it. It's per- perpetual mood. I think most of Facebook, That's like, like they're very
1: sensitive because um, they've taken a lot of fire from government organizations. That's and true. had to go and, like, talk in front of congressional panels and explain themselves. And so, you know, they're trying really hard to look like they're doing something about it, but they don't have the staffing required to be able to have actual humans go through it and, you know, flag things. And so they have an AI algorithm, but you know, AI is only so far along, you know, that's why we get these errors of getting locked out and then getting access and then getting locked out and then getting access.
0: I was about to rip my hair out. I was like, I can't do this anymore. (laughs) Something I found super interesting, I just shared this with you guys. I got served one of my own ads today. I got one of my own ads for my hotel. I was like, hey, I did this. That was me.
1: How did that happen? Was that, are you having like a retargeting audience set up for people who go to the page?
0: No, that's a whole other can of worms. (laughs) Why we're not doing that, which we won't get into right now because I would be here for the next half an hour. (laughs) Um, but I just, I think I fall into the demographic because like one of ours, we're, um, we're targeting people who are working from home in the state of Rhode Island. So Uh, that's me.
1: Did Um, you click the ad?
0: I I opened it because I wanted to read all the copy to make sure there was no errors, but
2: (laughs) that's it. So now you're going to get that ad every day. Over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think brings us to an interesting... I think that brings us to an interesting
0: topic, though, of the ads that we do get served on social media platforms Mm -hmm. and which ones make sense and which ones don't make sense. So we all gave it a little bit of thought. Taylor's kind of the pro on this one, but I just kind of sat through and was scrolling through my Instagram because, like, some of the ads make sense to me. I'm a big gym person. So, like, the fact that I'm getting served ads for Planet Fitness, like, yeah, that makes sense. Or, like, I ordered glasses from Warby Parker. So now I'm getting ads for other glasses companies. That stuff all makes sense to me. But... Why did I get an ad for Raymour and Flanagan? I'm not buying furniture. I'm not searching for furniture. Like some of the stuff, I'm like, okay, like I'll get design templates and stuff on my phone. I'm like, okay, like yeah, like I've been on Canva for the last hour on my computer that has the same Apple ID. And yes, I understand that. Why did I get an ad for Raymour and Flanagan?
1: That is a really great question. Are your parents looking for furniture? I don't know. They might be. See so what so happens if- is if. If they go to, like, let's say they're looking for furniture, right? And they, they go to the Raymore and Flanagan website. And let's yeah. say that website uses third party cookies. Something that they might do is so the third party cookies get cached onto their browser, onto their computer. They're able to see all of the past history of where the user has been. And then they're able to record everywhere they're able to go. But then they're also able to get all kinds of other data when you accept cookies. And, and sometimes, you know, those cookie banners that pop up, they just say, we're going to use this for advertising. And sometimes you only have the option to accept. And yeah. sometimes you don't have the option to decline. And it's this big banner that's over like two-thirds of the screen. And it's like, well, I need this to go away. So you hit accept. But part of what they can collect is things like, you know, a lot of background data about your device, about your router network, other devices that are connected to it. I know that Brooks Brothers website actually has third party cookies that do this because my friend Dowdy, his apartment caught on fire. So he came to live with me for a little (laughs) bit. And he used to work at Brooks Brothers, loved their clothes and would shop like their like their clearance stuff Mm and their discount stuff. But because he went to their website and accepted their cookies, and we were connected to the same Wi-Fi network, I'd be scrolling through my Instagram, and I'd get a Brooks Brothers ad, and I'd be like, "Oh, Daddy must have bought a shirt." <laughs>
0: <laughs> Daddy was online shopping. <laughs>
1: That's right. So the people in you can get ads from the people in your you know in your household, which is pretty interesting. And then the the other thing is that when you walk into a business, that business might have a geofence around it, which is an invisible true. fence. That pings the location data on your on your phone. Sometimes there are active active geofences, which is like if you have a Starbucks app and they've geofenced a competitor like Dunkin' Donuts, and you walk into Dunkin' Donuts, you might get a ding from the Starbucks app that says, Hey, twenty five percent off your next Starbucks order. And then you think, mm-hmm. Well, you know, maybe I'll go to Starbucks, it's just across the street. And so Starbucks is able to pull that sale. Okay, into
2: but them. as a but as a side note, West Coast versus East Coast. Starbucks is better than Dunkin. Oh, uh, Correct.
1: I don't know yeah. if I, so I don't know how I feel for, uh,
2: about that. We are a Dunkin' yeah, agency. We are a Dunkin' agency. I just KSA is
0: a Dunkin' agency for sure. I just can't um, so bring just myself to pay for it.
2: Out there. Starbucks is
0: so much more expensive. I feel that's just me.
1: Man, but those caramel macchiatos. It oh. is. But so. The other type of geofence is the passive geofence and what that does is you don't need to have an app. You just have to have the location data on on your phone which 95% of users do. So when you walk into that, it's able to yeah. ping you and it says, "Oh, this person, like let's say you walk into a Harley Davidson store, and they're like, "Oh, this person likes Harley Davidson. We can serve them ads on our like ad network and like socially for up to 30 days after they leave you the Yeah.
2: Do you often walk into Harley Davidson stores? <laughs> Are you part of that demographic? Um, not yet.
1: I'd like to. I'd like a motorcycle. I'd like to get my motorcycle's license one day if they'll let me. That's scary. <laughs> I don't know if
2: that's. I don't think that that, that might not be wise um, for the general public on the road. Yeah, but no, that's a good point. Definitely, if you walk into store, can geo you? That's happened to me before.
1: But so what specifically could ha- with
2: the bigger brands, probably because. That's something they have. That's happened to me with Target for sure before, too.
1: That's something that can happen just by driving by, too, if the geofence is wide enough. So even if, like, Raymore and Flanagan is on your parents' commute to work, Amelia, then they could bring that home with them. And once their device connects to the home network, they may not be searching for Raymore and Flanagan. They may just be driving by it. And they're bringing that ad home with them to your household. And by connecting, it's identifying all the other devices on the network. And then you get a Raymore and Flanagan ad.
0: Interesting. I don't love that. I feel like I'll never escape them.
1: (laughs) It may also just be based off of like demographics and stuff, though. You know, so they could just be like, let's target people who might be getting a new apartment who are between the ages of, you know... 21 and 30 and you just happen to fall into that demographic
0: hmm. interesting
1: it's hard to say it makes sense for valentine's day i got a lot of ads for the week or two leading up to it i got a lot of ads for engagement rings and <laughs> i got a, i was like this is weird is that the only other person is my girlfriend on my home network and i was like are you searching for engagement
2: rings
0: She's so like she into like, your phone, no? like all those ads you see there. She's like,
2: engagement ring, engagement <laughs> ring, engagement ring, engagement ring. Because I'm going to be real honest that maybe that's something I should start doing, no? You should start doing oh, that. Oh, yeah. It's me. a great yeah. way.
0: Yeah, it's a great way to phone give phone that little like, push. I'm
2: just going to casually. <laughs> casually start going to websites that have these third-party cookies so that it's, like, on the network.
1: <laughs> Zales Jewelers, um, any, any of the big ones, you know. K Jewelers. like
2: Robin's Brothers, Jared's. Yeah. That's a great and, idea. And then, That's really funny, though.
1: Yeah, what I did not take into consideration was that it was Valentine's Day coming up, and so it was just ads targeted at, like, you know, probably people from, like, 25 to, like, 40...
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was just a demographic thing. So
2: I guess I'm on the end of that spectrum. I'm at forty, but um anyway. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Not true. Thirty one.
0: Taylor just celebrated his thirty first birthday for the audience. Happy birthday. I did.
1: I so did. He's now Please. officially
0: over thirty.
1: Feel free to email me at Taylor at teamksa.com to wish me a belated happy birthday. Or don't. Yeah, I will also okay. accept Amazon gift cards.
2: Okay, all right. Well, I <laughs> feel like that could, Yeah, I feel like those ads can can cause a lot of problems, though, for people. Yes, like if, if you know how they, they work. At engagement ring. <laughs> also, yeah, I feel like that. Then there's also no privacy in your household. Like, what if I'm trying to buy my boyfriend a, a birthday gift,
1: and well, then and a bunch that's... of ads
2: get targeted at at him that I've been yeah. looking at buying him something. Then
1: there's no secret, And that's, that there's is, no surprises. I think, I think if we looked at the data, we would see an increase in, I mean, I don't know, this would be a fun study to run, but I would love to see a study around Christmas that's like how many people bought a present for someone and then that present, before they could give it to them, that person bought it for themselves because they got a targeted it's on ad.
2: It's an ad. That's so interesting. Yeah. So i guess i guess you gotta know about it and then you gotta find your workaround so i guess the workaround mm-hmm. that would be don't look for presence while on the wi-fi use your cell phone data it doesn't matter though it can network. if you
1: connect if you connect like up to 30 days later so you just can't go home for 30 days because it'll st- it'll this still, like still- <laughs> December,
2: no one's allowed to Live in hotel rooms so that their
0: significant <laughs> others don't find yeah. out about presents. Oh good. Yep. Excellent. It's okay. Generation
1: Z's new way of figuring out their presence. Instead That's of climbing into doing. the attic, they're gonna look at their ads. <laughs> I'm
2: going to. Yeah, don't don't go don't go searching mom's closet like we did in the 90s. Um, <laughs> you, just, you can just look at what ads are on Instagram. <laughs>
0: I think that's a good wrapping up point for us today because we've been talking for quite some time now. Thank you to all of our listeners for listening to us. If you stuck with us for this long, we owe you. Thank you for bearing with us. We are planning on putting out this podcast on an every other week basis, every other Monday. You can hear us. You can find us on the Team KSA website. All of our emails are our first name at teamksa.com if you want to get in touch with any of us. And I think that's it for today. Any other concluding thoughts, my friends?
1: Amazon gift cards for my belated birthday. Thank you. Oh, my God, you, Taylor. Dear listeners.
2: <laughs> I think this, it's time to this, cut him uh, off. This podcast has been sponsored by Taylor's <laughs> need for random things. Also, I can't believe you stuck with us this long if you're with us <laughs> still. And Starbucks over Duncan and goodbye. Goodbye.
1: Goodbye.